Should the Titans re-sign Derrick Henry and or Danico Autry? That is the main topic we are going to dive into today. This is the Music City Audible. Let's get to it. We the ones. We the ones they talking about. Broadway Sports Media. Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. Some of it was bad, but hopefully you'll you probably piece something together. Outstanding. There's an earthquake in the middle of the podcast. Unbelievable. We're begging for listeners. That's all we do. We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Music City Audible podcast presented by Broadway Sports Media in partnership with 440 Sports. I'm Justin Graver. With me, as always, is Justin Mello. Justin, how's it going? Doing well, man. Excited to talk about uh, what I think is obviously the two premier free agents that the Tennessee Titans have in Derrick Henry and Dina Kowatri, and also quickly touch on a couple of new staffing hires that uh, we didn't get to or they hadn't made yet the last time we recorded. So uh, clean up some of that stuff as well. Yeah, that's right. We're going to get into whether or not the Titans should re-sign their two biggest name free agents, the two most impactful players that are becoming free agents over the last handful of years, with maybe the exception of Ryan Tannehill, who the Titans will definitely not be re-signing. So we're going to look at, you know, contract value. Is it worth it for the Titans based on these players are getting up there in age? So we're going to look at the timeline compared to the rest of the Titans roster and decide as if we were the GMs, what kind of offers we would make to these players to return to Tennessee and then the ball's in their court. But yes, as you mentioned, before we get there, the Titans have hired a special teams coordinator. Finally, they hired a couple more assistant coaches we can talk through. Before we get into any of that, I want to remind everyone to subscribe to the YouTube channel, the Music City Audible podcast. We really appreciate everyone listening to the to the pod, but we appreciate it more if you're watching. Really helps us grow if you check us out on YouTube. And the best way to help us grow is to leave a comment. Any comment below, the more comments we get, the more YouTube puts our video in front of other people's eyeballs. Tell your friends and comment below, should the Titans resign Henry and Autry? Let us know. All right, Justin, let's get into this. The Titans have hired Colt Anderson as their special teams coordinator. The most famous thing that Colt Anderson is known for is probably being the guy who snapped, who the ball was snapped to on that Indianapolis Colts horrific fourth down fake punt, weird, the weirdest special teams play we've maybe ever seen. Uh, Colt Anderson was on the field for that. So right off the bat, as a special teams coordinator, he knows what not to do, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, hopefully we'll never see that one again, right? He'll know what playbook it was in and he's burned it. Um, It's an interesting hire, right? I'm I'm not going to lie to you. It took a long time for him to hire uh, someone that he already knew. They worked together last year in Cincinnati. I think believe was the assistant special teams coach, right, for the Bengals yeah. last year. So I, I don't think you know. I don't. I don't think any Titans fans should probably have a ton of confidence in the special teams coordinator hiring process, right? They interviewed a guy who nobody. Everyone's like, "Oh my God, please no!" And then he took another job, and then some more time went by, and we landed on, on this hire, first time special teams coordinator, inexperienced, a guy he already knew. It just makes me wonder why it took this long if this was always the route um, that was planned. And it kind of tells me it probably wasn't the route that was planned and you sort of had to pivot. And, you know, maybe they didn't have as many good connections to potential special teams coordinators and it took a little longer to develop. So I think it's fair, you know, to sort of question that process. Um, I I think fun fact, by the way, I found this. uh, I I love stuff like this. He was a college teammate of Mark Mariani's. 
Oh, wow. Titans legendary returner. Mark, did you, you didn't know that. I could tell by the way you reacted. Mark Mariani, they played together at Montana. Yeah. When the Titans drafted Mary, uh, uh, Mark in like the seventh round of whatever, or late 2000s, right? 2009-ish, I think. Uh, so pretty funny that they, uh, maybe he'll, maybe Mariana can come here and, and teach a returner a thing or two. Still one of the best returners Titans have ever had. I don't care what anyone says. They haven't had a lot of great ones. Uh, 2010. Titans era. Seventh round pick, 2010, Mark Marion. 2010, perfect. I was pretty close there. Uh, uh, maybe maybe there's a job for Mark Wayne here as the uh, as assistant special teams guy. But uh, no, definitely, I think those are my thoughts on Colt. Uh, I'll be in wait and see mode, see how their special teams looks. Yeah, it's interesting when you look across the board at the three coordinator positions now that all three spots have been filled, and including Brian Callahan himself as sort of a fourth coordinator in this you know equation. None of them have coordinating experience i mean official coordinating experience as the guy heading up their unit so it'll be interesting to track you know it, you'd love to think that all three guys are going to be home runs because that's the way a biased fan wants to think odds are maybe one of them is a dud and uh, if i had to put my money on who it was i'd probably put it on colt anderson just because i have a lot of faith in denard wilson and if we're talking about offensive coordinator, sure, Nick Holtz is that in title, but really Brian Callahan's going to be in charge of the offense, and I have a ton of confidence in him. So just playing a numbers game here, there's a chance Colt Anderson is not good, but we'll, we will see. I'm not going to judge. I don't think, you know, Craig Ackerman certainly didn't, you know, p- set the bar very high. The for bar what, very high, yeah. yeah. <laughs> from what we're looking for in a special teams coordinator in Tennessee. So anyway, we'll see. There are two other assistant coaches we'll briefly mention here. Titans hired Scott Fuchs as the assistant offensive line coach and Steve Donatell as a defensive assistant. Scott Fuchs comes over from Kansas. Uh, he has a very, you know, he's very well spoken of, of by people in the know. So seems like a pretty years. good hire. Yeah. 31 years college coaching experience. Kind of crazy yeah. he's never made the jump or even had a stint in the pros, right? And by the way, is it really pronounced Fuchs? Are we going to do that? Is that what it is? Okay, fine. We'll play along. It's pronounced It's spelled F-U-C-H-S. It could be Fuchs. It could no. be. Yeah, it could be. It could be another word that starts with F. No, I think could it's be Fuchs. We'll go with Fuchs. Uh, 31 <laughs> years coaching experience, as I said. Has coached a couple of good NFL offensive linemen uh, in the college. Right? All Mainly low-level programs, to be honest. I think Kansas, most recently, is probably the biggest job he's had. But he coached Billy Turner, a once, I, I believe, third-round pick of the Dolphins. He coached, and God, I'm not going to pretend I know how to pronounce the last name. Is it Chase Roulier, the center for the Washington Commanders that was there? Totally. Uh, for a little while. So he's coached a couple NFLers and uh, 31 years, man, finally making the jump to the pros makes you wonder. And, and I've heard from a lot of college coaches and I hate to speculate because I haven't heard from coach Fuchs, but a lot of coaches getting fed up with the, uh, with the, with the setup and infrastructure of college ball right now with how NIL has impacted it. And, you know, when you're an older guy and now you got to switch up the way you've recruited for the last 30 years, essentially. And I saw a stat, I wish I had it in front of me. Uh, this is this NFL combine coming up next week, uh, which we'll talk about, of course, uh, when the time comes. But uh, fewest small schoolers in a very long time, a very long time. That's a direct result of the impact NIL has had on the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. I'm interviewing kids right now. I feel like every single one transferred at some point. I'm noticing that more uh, and more as I go through my interview series. So a lot of guys fed up with that, you know, infrastructure trying to 
jump over to the pros and coach Fuchs uh, finally takes the plunge after 31 years at that level. And uh, Donatel, coach of Ed Donatel, right? Uh, sorry, the son of Ed Donatel, I should say. Uh, longtime NFL defensive coordinator uh, getting an opportunity here. I think a very interesting role for him as a defensive assistant. Yeah, so he's going to be, um, yeah, defensive assistant. We don't really know what that exactly means. Probably watching a lot of tape. His father's up... great. Great defensive mind his dad has. So that, yeah, that, no I'm doubt. sure it's a good addition putting cut-ups together and things like that. So he'll have his hands full on the defensive side. So that covers the news. Let's get into the meat of this conversation of today's show here. Starting with the big king himself, the big dog, the King Henry. <laughs> Derek Henry just turned 30 years old in uh, a, a month or so ago. A couple of months, whatever, early January. Early January, 30, yeah. Turned 30 years old. He's hitting the free agent market for the first time really in his career because every other chance he's had to hit free agency the titans have come up with a, well, a contract only one extension. other chance well they had and one they chance to hit free him. agency and then they extended him midway through the, the second contract for a third contract oh, yes, so right um he never really got to the market uh in either never. instance but um and he has been on bussing with the boys this offseason talking about his free agency if you remember the last game of the season he sort of gave his send-off to Titans fans. He went out into the middle of the field with a microphone and thanked everyone for his time in Nashville. Don't see and that then, every day. And then on Bussin' with the Boys, he went on to say that he's never explored free agency. He's kind of looking forward to being courted by teams. He said, talked about how the his time in Nashville, just like looking back on it, talked about it as if it would be over. And then And you honestly know, talked about how it was less fun. This well, this year, past right? season like, for sure, but I, less I mean, recognizable faces and right, and maybe that contributes to him wanting to leave. And we speculated on this podcast for the you know throughout the second half of the season on if this was Henry's last year in Tennessee. And I kept saying, if Mike Vrabel's back as the head coach, there's a decent chance the Titans try really hard to bring Derrick Henry back. If Mike Vrabel's gone, who knows what's going to happen? Well, obviously they've made the coaching change. Brian Callahan, as we've talked about on this show went on the radio in Nashville and said things like, Derrick Henry would fit well in any offense. We'd love to have a player like Derrick back. It's not just what he does on the field. It's his leadership in the huddle, on the practice field, in the locker room. So obviously, Brian Callahan is making it known publicly that if it was up to him, and if you know contracts weren't in any kind of option here, he would have Henry back on this roster. You know, If Henry was under contract next year, I don't think there would be a risk of the Titans cutting him. There has to be mutual interest, obviously. On the last contract Henry signed, they added those void years to the end of it, if you remember, to lower the cap hit. And the result of that is that he now carries a $4.7 million dead cap hit for the 2024 season. No matter what roster he's on, whether the Titans bring him back and rework his deal or whatever, doesn't matter. Those void years have gone into effect now as of earlier this week. So Henry will have that cap hit, dead cap hit, regardless of whether the Titans re-sign him. It doesn't really matter, in my opinion, when you're talking about what kind of contract you give to Derrick Henry. You're not like, oh, we would have paid him this much, but because of $4.7 million dead cap, we can only offer him X amount. Because if you sign any running back, or you don't sign it, you're paying this money no matter what. It's it's lost right. money. It's it's gone. It's not it shouldn't factor into any decision making in the future. It's in the it's in the past, even though it will affect them this year. So the big question is. Would there be mutual interest? Would Henry want to come play for Brian Callahan? Would Brian Callahan was Brian Callahan just being nice and respectful and saying the things he's supposed to say publicly about a franchise legend? Does he actually feel like Derrick Henry would be a good fit in the in the offense he wants to run in Tennessee that's gonna be probably less reliant on early down runs and play action and more reliant on a pass game that attacks the defense with 
answers to any coverage they throw at them, right? That's what he's talked about as his philosophy on offense. So I'll turn it over to you now, Justin. Before I do, I'll just say Spotrack is projecting Derrick Henry to sign a one-year $10.3 million contract. That's what they have as his market value. One year, $10.3 million. Obviously, age is a huge consideration in that contract. That's why it's only a one-year deal. But he's still been a very productive runner. I mean, the yards before contact, if you look at his average yards before contact, they've gone down each of the last three years, which is an indication that he's not getting room. The offensive line is not providing him room to run before contact. So you you bring in Bill Callahan, you revamp the offensive line. Would Henry be more productive in next year's version of the Titans offense than he was last year? Would he be more efficient? These are all the questions you have to weigh. So Justin, what do you think, bottom line, ultimately, if you were running the Titans, what kind of contract would you offer Derrick Henry? And do you think that he comes back? Well, I have so many thoughts and it's tough to sort through all of them in all <laughs> honesty. I mean, number one, I'll, let me run through a couple of things here. Uh, I thought what Callahan said on the radio, you know, you might be able to qualify it as coach speak, but I also thought it was truthful, right? Like, I I think there's probably a problem with your offense if you don't think Derrick Henry can fit it in some manner, right? Like, it doesn't mean that you've got to be or you got to run the Mike Vrabel offense and it's first down runs and second down runs every single time. Like, Derrick Henry's an effective running back, right? No matter if you're a pass-happy offense or not, you'd like to think he's going to maximize the carries that he gets. And and as he gets older, that might be the best way to manage his effectiveness, right? To have a pass-happy offense and, and not run him into a brick wall, so to speak, uh, you know, down after down. I thought he was still fairly effective this year, almost 1,200 yards. He scored 12 touchdowns, like, you know, 4.2 yards per carry. That's, you know, it's, it's pretty much been the same three years in a row, right? 4.3, 4.4, 4. 4.2. Yeah. Um, so I think he's relatively maintained – um, you know, his average yards per carry output these last three seasons. He's still one of the best touchdown scorers in the league uh, at his position. I mean, he scored double-digit touchdowns, what, six years in a row now, something ridiculous. And that part of his game hasn't, you know, tailed off at all. Um, you talked about the yards before contact. Titans haven't had a good offensive line since 2021, right? That's really the last time they had a good unit. That's still, I, I believe Lawan was still, was healthy that year. Uh, yeah, he was. Uh, you know, Roger Saffold was still the left guard. Ben Jones, the center. Uh, and, and unfortunately, that, remember, that was the year he had almost a 1,000 yards in eight games, right? And then he broke his foot or whatever in that eighth game and didn't play in the regular season again. So uh, contract-wise, honestly, I have a hard time figuring out what it's going to be. I, I think the spot rack projections a little on the high end. Right. Like, yeah, maybe if he signs a one year deal, maybe that's what he's asking for. I would like to think if you're the Titans or someone else and maybe you're weary of getting into that second year. But if you do a two year contract, I think maybe, you know, seven and a half, eight million per you can avoid that 10 million threshold. I don't think, you know, I've seen I don't think he's getting four or five million a year. Right. I know running backs a non premium position. The and only he's an older guy, the, the only pushback I'll put on that is the class is it's a good the class. free agent class is crazy top heavy Take with Juan names. Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler. There there's a ton Tony of guys. Pollard, although I think Pollard was so disappointing this I past mean, he, year. He was, but there's also reports that he was injured through he was playing hurt until like week eleven and he finally started feeling like himself. Yeah, but yeah, the, the season ending injury the year before. So I the numbers don't really bear out stuff. the numbers don't really bear out that Pollard got any better after week eleven. Maybe the touchdowns no. increased so the fantasy points increased. He's not a, he's not a workhorse. I'm sorry. Everyone was 
was so excited to see him without Zeke, and I, I think he kind of showed probably better in a, in a duo. But the point is, there's a lot of running backs there on are. the market. Many of them younger. I mean, the, most of them are younger than Derrick Henry. Have more tread. Have more tread left on the tires. Have way, way. I mean, keep in mind Henry's led the and, league in carries if you combine the last five years together, and he missed half of a season during that time. So. And, He's, and there are, yeah. sorry, there are good, some of the mid-tier ones that are going to be cheaper. I've talked a lot about Gus Edwards on this show, I think would be an intriguing target if they don't bring Henry back. Uh, Devin Zach. Singletary and Zach Moss are yeah. two guys I was not high on at all that had really good years. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're going to try to cash in, but, you know, you're still not commanding a whole lot of money as those guys. So you're right, though. It is, it's not a very good draft class, right? So that'll probably make teams... Uh, be maybe a bit more aggressive than they normally would. Uh, but but you're right. I mean, the way teams have treated running backs lately, as good as the class is, you'd have to think there's a good chance it just drives the price in the market way down, right? Exactly. Like, I feel like these guys are going to be, you know, when free agency officially starts on the 13th of March. There will be a dime the, a dozen of them. When the tampering window opens on March 11th, I'm not expecting a bunch of contract news re- involving running backs. Agreed. I'm expecting these to be like tier, like wave two, wave three signings where it's like, the guys on the market realize they're not going to get the offer that they hoped they might get because nobody's competing for their services because there's so many guys available. And most NFL teams, unfortunately, view the running back as a more or less interchangeable position. So they're not going to say, oh, we need to pay up for Henry when we can pay less for a Zach Moss who does a similar role or A.J. Dillon who can, you know, carry a similar role in the offense. Maybe not quite as good, but maybe quite as good as an age 30 version of Derrick Henry. We're not talking about 26, 27, 28 year old Henry. And I know it's not really fair to say this, but he'll turn 31 during the during the 2024 season in week 18. Granted, right at the end yeah. of it, but he will turn 31 uh, while the 28 sorry the 2024 season is still ongoing. Yeah, so this is all to be weighed, and that's why I think you're right that the 10 million dollar projection from Spotrack is high. Hi. I could see a world where a team that isn't the Titans offers him seven to eight or around that number per year. Yeah, I mean, I you're just... talking about a legacy player, like you said, a great leader that he's not He's not done, right? He's not Randy Moss at 35, he's definitely not done, right? Yeah. Like, we're not we're not just holding on here. He's a 1,000-yard rusher, multi, you know, double-digit touchdown scorer. And an, in an offense that would not ask him to carry a heavy load, that would provide a lot of room to run, like, say, the Baltimore Ravens offense, who he's already being linked in rumors that the Ravens yep. would be a perfect match for Henry as... Henry chases a ring at the end of his career and the Ravens look to upgrade a room that's been devastated by injury. What feels like every season for the last five years, I don't know, um, feels like the Ravens running backs are just constantly getting hurt. Bring in a, a stabilizer like Derrick Henry. I could see a team like the Ravens offering more than the Titans would be willing to. And I know I just mentioned that $4.7 million dead cap hit as being a sunk cost that you can't really you know, put too much stock into in terms of when you're making these moves. But as the Titans... You may view that as money committed to running backs already and try to say, can we survive a season with Tajay Spears and Julius Chestnut? Can we spend a late round draft pick on a running back (laughs) or bring in an undrafted free agent guy? Or are we going to be able to sit around and wait until May and pay a guy like Zach Moss or AJ Dillon $2 million a year and then our running back room is a bit higher because of that $4.7 million dead cap? As opposed to saying, yeah, we can pay $8 million a year to Derrick Henry. 
and we have that four point seven million dollar dead cap already on the books. But, so it's but like we're paying ca- twelve million. Yeah, yeah, but that's a cap charge, right? Like if they pay yeah. him eight million, the cap charge in twenty twenty four is not going to be eight million, right? Unless you it's probably a one lower year, that. Unless it might it's be a one total. Unless it's a one year deal. Unless it's a one year deal, and they True. and I would be surprised if they signed Henry to another one year deal with more void. They're not going to tack on more void years. They're dealing with the the results right. of those void years right now, so they're not going to put more on the plate. Maybe if you sign him to a two year deal, you lower the first year cap hit. You don't make it a very guarantee. Like you lower the guarantees in the contract, so the second year cap hit is high. But if you cut him, you don't have a lot of dead money. Like I could totally right. see a scenario like that. And that's if I was in charge of the Titans, that's what I would do. I would think I would offer like two year, $15 million contract, but only like five or 6 million guaranteed laden that thing heavy with incentives so that if Henry is super productive, he gets the money that he feels he deserves. If the injury, the age catches up to him, if he gets injured again, like he did a couple seasons ago and the production's not there, you don't have to pay as much. The cap charge stays low. That's where I would be at if I was in charge of the Titans. Cause I definitely think there's a place for him on the Tennessee roster to be more of a compliment to Tajay Spears as opposed to the other way around like it was this past season and bring back a guy that the city loves, the team loves, his teammates love him. Still obviously one of the hardest working guys. We've already seen the crazy workout videos being posted this offseason where he's like doing lat pulls, but he's on his side and he's like pinned up on one elbow and one leg and he's pulling with the other arm. Like he's doing crazy workouts already. I just don't think a one-year deal where your cap charge is going to be high. And I I don't know, I struggle to think that the Titans would want to pay a ton of money to this position when, based on everything we know about, about Brian Callahan, they're going to run the ball to be efficient. They're going to run the ball when they need to, but they're not going to put a heavy emphasis on, we need to run the ball, we need to be successful here. I think that Brian Callahan believes the scheme and the offensive line with hopefully Bill Callahan coaching up a lot of players is going to open holes no matter who the running back is. And we sort of saw in Cincinnati last year, Joe Mixon had another, you know, good to above above average to good season. But then Chase Brown, a rookie, came in and made explosive plays in the same system because there's just room to run when you open up the, the field with the passing game on early down. So anyway, all that to say, as a fan of the team, as someone who has loved every moment of Derrick Henry's career, it would be awesome if the team can find a way to bring him back realistically, I don't know if that's going to happen and I would temper expectations a lot. I think a lot of Titans fans have sort of accepted that the Henry era is over and would be ecstatic if they found a way to bring him back. If I had to predict right now, I think Henry explores the market. I think there's going to be time before he signs. Like This could be one of those, like he's a veteran superstar, late June type of signings where he just waits for the right fit and the right offer just that kind of guy who's doing his own workouts. He doesn't have to worry about OTAs and off-season training and all that. He's going to keep his body in peak physical form. We already know that. So he doesn't need to be at those team off-season workouts. Sign a contract in late June. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, yeah. I think I think he gets scooped up rather quickly. Okay. And I'll make a bold prediction. Well, not bold. I'll make my prediction. I don't think it's by the Titans. And I'm with you. I don't hate the two-year, $15 million proposed contract. I was thinking along the same lines. I think he could have success here still. I think there's a role for him, even if it's more. I don't, uh, you said a compliment to Tajay Spears. I don't know about that, but I think 50-50 is, oh, yeah. it w- w- was something more that I, I could see. But I also think that's all probably the fan in me. 
Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's leaving. I think he's gone. I think he gets scooped up by a contender. I think the Ravens obviously make a lot of sense. Uh, if they can afford it, I wouldn't be stunned if the Dallas Cowboys made a play for him. I think they got to be a bit more effective running the football, take a little off Dak Prescott's plate. They got a lot of extensions to give out. Dak, CeeDee Lamb, Micah Parsons. I don't know if they can afford it. But like you said, if it's a two-year deal, you keep the cap hit pretty low in year one. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if Jerry made a run at him. Uh, I don't think it's going to be in Tennessee. And I, I think there are a couple of outcomes the Titans could have at running back. I've talked a lot about Gus Edwards. I, I would be a huge fan of that signing. I think that's the best thing they could do. Uh, but I think a guy, as we already said, a, a Zach uh, Moss, a Devin Singletary, can also be a nice compliment to Tajay Spears if they're heading into the draft. I don't love them spending a pick on a running back because they, they spent one last year and they don't have a lot of draft capital as is. But fits on day three, a guy like Braylon Allen from Wisconsin is a big-bodied guy uh, that I think makes a lot of sense. Like, I've seen some people talk about guys that are like Tajay Spears like you don't want to pair Tajay Spears <laughs> with another Tajay Spears. That doesn't make any damn sense to me. It's going to have to be a bigger bodied guy that can maybe have a bit more success early downs between the tackles. So they'll have options, but I, I don't think it's going to be Derrick Henry. The Titans have three seventh round picks. And at that point in the draft, it's you're not like, getting Braylon Allen there. I don't think. No, but, but I mean, at that point you could package two fifth. of those to move back up into the sixth or package a sixth and a seventh to come up into the fifth or, or right take somebody who's not Braylon Allen that's just a right. college running back in the seventh round, you know, instead Ray of Davis waiting. from Kentucky is a really intriguing one for me. I like him a lot. I mean, obviously, my parents both went to Kentucky, so I'm very <laughs> familiar with that program. But, yeah, I like him a lot. Um, I think one other thing that should be factored into this conversation that we probably should have mentioned more at the top, but whatever, I'll bring it up now. There's been rumors over the last week or so that the salary cap is going to be higher than initially projected. Quite People a bit, had too, it. right? Yeah. What? Quite a bit higher, right? Like six yeah, or I mean, seven million higher. Yeah, I mean, like a, a full contract, like a fairly right, big yeah. contract higher. Like, yeah. So originally, sources were saying that they were expecting the salary cap to be between two forty-two and two forty-three million. And for reference, if you go to Spotrack right now and look at how available cap space, they're using two hundred forty-two million. Um, sorry, they're using two forty-two and a half million over the cap is currently using two forty-two million as their projected cap number. Mike Florio reported recently that he's hearing 250 could be the number. Like you just said, seven million dollars higher, eight there, million dollars. There's higher your than... one year seven million contract for Derrick Henry, right? So <laughs> if the cap does come in higher, and let's say the Titans have already done all their math on how much they can afford to spend at each position here, and then they end up with an extra seven million dollars that they didn't know they were gonna have, maybe the conversation changes a little bit. The same thing goes for every other team, though. I look at a team like Kansas City, who just won the Super Bowl. Obviously, they're very happy with Isaiah Pacheco, but it seems they're very not happy with the other backs they have. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is a free agent. Jarek McKinnon way up there in age. Would they be a team that's like, oh, we have an extra $7 million we didn't know we were going to have? I don't Maybe know. they go Chris after Derek Jones, Legereus Sneed. They do I think have that's some, where they're thinking first. They Wide definitely receiver. have some big some big players that they need to uh, to retain. They have an, a huge need at wide receiver, but they could also try to address that in the draft. I'm just thinking contenders that Henry might right. be interested in. Henry might be interested in signing a cheap-ass contract to go win a Super Bowl with, you know, the team that's been there, almost been there six years in a row or been to whatever, however many AFC championship games in a row and just won two Super Bowls in a row. Like, I'm just saying I could see it. I could also see a team like the Eagles. DeAndre Swift's a free agent. 
Um, AJ Brown's already there. He obviously has a great relationship with him. Kevin Byard may or may not be there if they he cut him or that. what. <laughs> um, but but maybe Derrick Henry wants to feel like a winner, though. You're right. Maybe he goes to feel it. Yeah, all. you know, things are done differently here. Um, <laughs> so those are some of the teams that I would be on the lookout for. Obviously, we we mentioned the Ravens. Like they do seem like probably the favorite to sign him just when it comes to need, so. ability to compete. I could also see. I know James Cook had a great season with the Bills, but had some some moments that weren't so great. And, you know, the bills are always trying to upgrade and become contenders too. who knows where he'll end up. But I definitely think, I mean, if I'm being totally honest with myself, I don't think it's going to be in Nashville. Let's talk about Danico Autry, a guy who I kind of feel the same way about, to be honest. I think he'd be a great, you know, a great piece to bring back mentor. Some of the younger guys, even though there really aren't that many younger guys on the D line, but if they drafted somebody or signed somebody younger, um, have Danico Watry there to help transition over the next couple seasons. He's another guy that's getting pretty high up there in age. He's going to be 34 um, around the time the season is starting this next season. So 34 years old. Now this is a position, you know, this defensive end, defensive line, you know, tweener guy. That's a position that sometimes pass rushers can play at a high level till they're 38, 39. We saw Cameron Wake obviously dealt with a lot of injuries, but was when he was still on the field, very productive at a very high age. Um, so I do think Nico Houston is still going and he, he's had some pretty right? good years lately. Um, yeah. So I, I think, you know, he could definitely still be a productive guy, especially if you put him in more of a pass rusher only role so he can stay fresh for throughout a game and come in and make impact plays. He's obviously been one of the Titans best defenders and most consistent defenders since he signed his three year, $21.5 million contract with Tennessee. That was three years ago now, obviously, which is why we're what having this deal. conversation. What a deal. I'm sorry. We're not allowed to ever praise John Robinson. That <laughs> contract is on the Mount Rushmore of Titans contracts and free agency signings. Mount Rushmore. I mean, free agency, Mount Rushmore, Delaney Walker, Dina Kowatri, Nate Washington. Like, that's that's what we're talking about. Like, what an right. unbelievable con- 30 sacks in three years they got yeah. in that. Brian deal. Arakpo for fourth spot on your Mount Rushmore? I don't know. I, he didn't be disappointed in the first year, if I recall correctly. Like I think, I think it took a rack pull a little while to get going, and they paid him well, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but um, <laughs> thirty sacks in three years for seven million a year—that is a bargain, man. That's what that's what mid-tier pass rushers get in free agency. Okay, if you're not familiar, that's what they gave Arden Key last offseason, and I like that deal. But that's what you're supposed to give rotational, effective pass rushers like Artie. They got 30 sacks, man, from you know, on that deal. I cannot believe he was as a career high 11 and a half sacks this past year. He is an alien. I'm sorry, he. You cannot talk about him like you can 99% of other NFL players when it comes to yeah. age and contract. Because I don't know. It's like it, you'd be foolish. You know, it's going to catch up to him at some point. But I'm almost in got to see it to believe it territory, man. I got to see him slow down to believe that he's going to. And I think people aren't talking about enough. If they let him go, I mean, this roster is already so barren of talent in all honesty. Like, what a major need you have at edge if he's not back. Like, you've got Harold Landry and Arden Key. You've got nothing else, man. And Arden Key's, as we said, I think better suited as a rotational guy. Not going to give you 80, 90% of snaps uh, in a single game and certainly not throughout the course of a season. Right. So you're going to need a guy to do a little heavy lifting. And maybe what you said, maybe you're worried that that's not Dina Quatri at this point, but again, I mean, he did it this year. I got to see it. I cannot believe he had 11 and a half career high. 
I can't believe he, I didn't realize he hadn't hit double digits yet in Tennessee. He's always been around there and flirted with it. Finally, does it this year, man? Like the guy's just a freak. He is completely comp- drinking. He's he's had a cup from the fountain of youth, right? Or more <laughs> than one, I think. You watched him play this past year. It's crazy. And and he's only missed five games in the three years he's been with Tennessee. And, and they were consecutive, and weren't they? All it was, five of those he got came, hurt in that Green Bay game. Right yeah, on all five time. of those came in the 2022 season towards the end of the year when the Titans were, you know, on a seven-game losing streak and not competing for the playoffs by the no, end of but it. No, to, no, to be fair, let's be honest. I want to say that happened in the Green Bay game. He got hurt, and they went seven and th- they went to seven and three in that game. So they, I, th- <laughs> I want to say his injury co- coincided with them that losing streak. Yeah, true. That actually is probably a better way to look at it. And uh, to be totally upfront, he had 28 and a half sacks in three years, not 30, yeah, but whatever. I knew it was close. I couldn't do the mental. <laughs> I'm bad at math. I was looking at that. I'm like 11 and a eight, half, eight, not 30 sacks. It's got to be 30, <laughs> right? I couldn't do the mental math quick enough to sound sharp on here still. <laughs> so um, talking about what kind of contract Autry would be looking at here now, Spotrack if you go to the market value tab for these players, it tells you what you know their calculated market value is. Danico Autry doesn't have one. There's no calculated market value. And honestly, I love it, but it's not always super accurate. Either. Yeah, like it's, it's it's hit and miss depending on the player based um, but on there my are, history. But there are other places that have projected out what a Danico Autry 2024 contract could look like. The website Yard Barker has him projected for one year, nine million dollars, with six million of that guaranteed. Um, over the cap has his valuation which is based on production and age at 10 and a half million per year which is obviously you know the titans were paying seven and a, seven two-thirds million a year huge value that they got for him over his time if if over the cap has him valued at 10 and a half million per year now with his age i don't know if he's going to get 10 and a half million a year but the elite of the elite pass rushers are making 28 million a year these days so right. maybe it's not impossible to think that he could get 12 13 from a contender who could use him in a in a rotational pass rusher role and really take it keep him fresh and take advantage of that that's what the market says i don't know if you agree with that but you know what we don't talk about enough when it comes to these things not just you and i but everyone in general and i feel so smart for right now for just thinking of this on the spot as a point to bring up okay i think you see it more in the nhl i'm a hockey guy as well but it's not always um, it's not always, you know, age, what you made on your last contract, at least in the NHL, it's very often percentage of cap. Okay. What did I make last time? Well, I was only making 13% of our cap. I'm our best player. Well, now I want to make 15% of our cap. Right. And I'm not saying it's going to be the same, but the reason I bring up that point, do you know what the NFL salary cap was when the Titans signed Dina Quattro to the three-year contract at average 7 million a year? Just take a wild guess. I have it in front of me. 190. 182 and a half. Hmm. It was 182. If you're talking 250, it's almost gone up a hundred million, right? Or 70, 75. I'm being a little facetious. 70, 75 million since he last signed that deal. Okay. And he's been super productive. I'm going to put my hands up again. I'm not bad at contract stuff. I'm pretty good. I write a lot of it for the draft network. Where like my boss will ask me write a, write an article on what the Montez look up my Montez sweat article what that extension was gonna be I almost hit the nail on the head okay I'm pretty good at these things I'm okay I'm not like a F word spot he's a cap guru but I'm pretty good at you know if you put in put in enough research you look at market value you look at what other guys find recently you can usually come to a pretty good conclusion I have a hard time with Dina Quatri I get it right like he no doubt he outperformed that contract by he should have been making. 15 million a year 
based on what he produced in all honesty, right? At least, yeah, at least 15 million a year based on what he produced. How does age play a role now? How does come a, who has a, a career best year at 33 years old? Yeah. Seriously. When the hell was the last time that happened? I would love to know a career best year at 30 at any position. Maybe Tom Brady at quarterback, you know, he kind of took off after like eight or nine years, got even better. But career best year at 33? Like, it's unheard of, man. And he's a freak. He does not look like he's lost a step at all. I have a hard time knowing. I, I think obviously it's going to be short because of the age. I, 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 but I wouldn't, like, everyone's going to project one year. I wouldn't be stunned if someone goes two or max three if that would, third year doesn't have much guarantees right i was gonna just say you know if we talk about what would you offer if you're in charge of the titans cap role it's hard i think i would offer something like what he signed with tennessee last year and maybe take the guarantees down a little bit so that right. like you said if by the time that third season is approaching and we're in this time three years from now and we're thinking, well, he didn't have it as much toward the end of the year, and he's got a sizable cap hit coming up, and he's going to be 37. Then maybe you get out of that last year before it has a huge hit. I would say three years, 19, 20 million, maybe 21 if you're feeling frisky I, and it's not high guarantees. Like that doesn't, that wouldn't be a crazy contract to me for a guy. No, it's not, it's, it's not crazy. I think I'd go two, though. I think I'd go like two. And, and close to your numbers still, because I uh, rate two sixteen and a half, two seven, even two eight. I'd probably max out at two eighteen. I'd say nine million a year, and most of it's front loaded. You got a ton of cap space this year, right? So you let them eat seven, eight million this year, or whatever. You know, six to eight million this year. That second year, you, you've got some wiggle room where if you have to cut bait, maybe it only costs you. Uh, I know it's not a void year thing, but maybe it costs you the Derrick Henry thing. It costs you three, four million if you got to move right. on in year two if he's not as effective, but. Uh, I think I'd be willing to go two years. I think if we look around the league at like who's going to be competing for his services, some teams that jump out to me as potential teams are like the Bengals, who have a ton of cap space themselves, trying to get yeah, over that Yeah, but that doesn't factor in the T. Higgins money yet, I don't think. Of course, of course. I mean, they're going to have to, you know, and franchise if they tag T. Higgins. Them, they're, they're all goes because that's fully guaranteed and you can't lower it, right? Right, but they have, I'm talking upwards of $60 million, and that's with the $242 million projected cap hit. Like, they have a fifth or sixth uh sixth most cap space in the league right now projected according to Spotrack. And again, if it's a two fifty million dollar salary cap instead of two forty two, right. that's seven eight more million that they would have there. So and they're already at according to Spotrack, sixty one million now. Sure, you take twenty five million off or so, twenty two, twenty five for T. Higgins, they're still looking at forty something, you know, million dollars in cap space that they could afford six million to Autry. The Houston Texans are a team that have a ton of cap space that could use another pass rusher. The Detroit, I would hurt. I don't want to see that. I would hate that. The Detroit Lions have fifty-two million yeah, in cap space. That's Again, a great fit. Terrell I, Williams is the D-line coach. Exactly. They really need a guy opposite uh, uh, Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson. Hutchinson, and they have some guys that have been productive in spurts, like the the rookie that the guy who was a second-year player this year, rookie last year, who had a did one nothing. Of the best. That, he was hurt all year this he year, was hurt. unfortunately. Yep, and. Um, you know, they're, they're a team that signed Romeo Aquara a few years ago when Titans fans were A bunch were of those guys, Charles Harris and the other Aquara brother, Julian Aquara. None of them have really done, at least this past year, what they thought they were going to do. So it's it's time they move on probably from all three of those guys and, and so find something. With the Terrell Williams connection, I could totally see a fit in Yeah, Detroit. you might have just found it, man. That's a great <laughs> So that, that probably scares me as the teams with the biggest competition for him. Again, I would lo absolutely love for the Titans to re-sign Danico Autry. But when you talk about the timelines, when that comes into play, 
Sure, Danico Autry makes them a much better team in 2024. But look hey, at the state of the roster. Breaking news. Uh oh. We don't Not do Titans breaking news, but it's really wow. The NFL just announced that the 2024 salary cap. Oh my God! What will be 255.4? Holy 255.4. shit! 255.4. This is crazy. I can't believe we're taping a podcast and we've been talking about this for the last 40 minutes, and this is happening right now. What timing? That is 13 million higher than the 242. Wow. Bring them all back. Bring Derrick Henry. Bring <laughs> Tina. Bring them all back. Bring Ryan Tannehill back. Jesus Christ. The crazy thing about this is like every wow. team gets the same giant boost of over what they were expecting. So right. like the teams that this most affects are like the Saints and the, the Bills Titans. and the Dolphins. But it helps are, the Titans too. Who are like... 50 million over the cap. Of course it helps the Titans. I mean, that would give the Titans a projected 86 million 85 million dollars in cap space according wow. to Spotrack. wow that is pretty cool news to get right now i mean with that in mind the titans should bring back Danico Autry. what i was gonna say is it makes <laughs> them a absolutely better team in 2024 but how long is Autry gonna keep up this level of play does it hamstring them in 2025 and 2026 or does it you know, cause them to not look at getting younger at the position because they have Autry in that role. Or if they do get younger at the position, does it cause that player to have a slower development timeline because he's not playing as much because you have Danico Autry. So those are the things that you have to weigh. How competitive are the Titans going to be this season when you look at this roster and how much turnover is needed? Like, it feels like 2024 is a transition year as they build up to something great. And then 2025, you infuse a little bit more talent and then you're ready to make a run. That's kind of how I see the Titans' timeline right now, especially when you look at what Brian Callahan went through in Cincinnati. He went through a couple really bad years. Obviously, one of those years got them Joe Burrow. You can eliminate that year from the Titans' timeline because they already have, hopefully, their quarterback and Will Levis. But even Joe Burrow's first full season, obviously, he got injured, so there was that to, to deal with, but the Bengals didn't have the best year, and that's how they ended up getting Jamar Chase. Remember, they had the fifth overall pick. So I, I kind of see a season like that playing out, even looking at some of the faster rebuilds, like the Lions had to go through a really bad year, and then a year where they almost made the playoffs, and then they had last season. That's kind of what happens in the NFL. The Texans were sort of an anomaly. They got, you know, they hit big on C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, Tank Dell, um, so they were able to do that in one year and make the playoffs, but even then, you know, they they... I guess they won a playoff game, but they weren't uber competitive in their second playoff game. So anyway, all that to say, I don't know if Danico Autry's timeline is going to line up with the Titans, if it's going to be worth it to them to invest resources and playing time into a guy who's going to be 34 this season. That's where I'm at. I would love him back as a fan, and I feel like he still has one or two productive years left in him. But again, does that match up with what the Titans are going to be over the next one to two years? Well, and there's a scenario I guess we haven't acknowledged where they like they could sign someone in free agency to, to play his role, right? right. A, a much younger guy. One guy that I think would certainly intrigue me is uh, Bryce Huff of the New York Jets, right? He's scheduled to hit free agency. Totally. They have uh, spent a lot of draft capital uh, on that position, right? Uh, the two first-round picks back-to-back, right? Jermaine Johnson and then uh, the Iowa State kid. It just escaped me. Uh, you'll know who he is because he played in your co- – oh, Will McDonald, I think it was. Uh, so back-to-back first-round picks on pass rushers. He had 10 sacks this year. What a breakout year for him. I mean, that might be a bad thing, right? He's, he's hitting the market at the – he never had more than three and a half sacks before this year, and he had 10. 
this year, but he's hitting the market uh, all-time high, right, in terms of his asking price. And I believe he's got some familiarity, right? He's been there since 2020 uh, with the Jets. Was Denard Wilson there in 2020 with the Jets? He was. He was the uh, pass game coordinator and DB coach in 2020. So Denard Wilson. So that means what? I think Frank Bush was there as well. Steve Jackson uh, was there as well in 2020. So a lot of familiarity between Bryce Huff as an unrestricted free agent. And he's a he's a he's a big guy, good defensive end. So it wouldn't shock me if they went that route. If you talked about getting younger, if they wanted to get younger, uh, they, they could address it in free agency. But I certainly think. At some point, he, he played at Memphis, by the way, college ball. So played somewhat locally, Bryce Huff. Went undrafted, eh? What a what a 6'3, 255 he was listed coming out. What a what a what a success story he's been. That, that's a guy that I think could be on their radar if they want to get younger. I like that as a as a potential younger option too. And this is a position that Titans fans don't want them to draft because the need at wide receiver, offensive line, and even cornerback all outweigh the need for a younger, effective pass rusher. But I mean Fourth round, fifth round, developmental type of guy. There's a few guys in this class that we talked about before the Senior Bowl that, you know, maybe a little reminiscent of Max Crosby style guys who went middle of the draft and not first round picks. They could go that direction, too. I don't want to rule it out. I don't think it's necessarily likely because they need to invest in a lot of offensive positions, but wouldn't rule it out for sure. Um, But yeah, I think ultimately, if you had to predict right now, will either Derrick Henry or Danico Autry be Titans in 2024, what would you say? I'll leave you with this. We're going to get out of here. We're running long. I think uh, Dina Quattro has got a way better chance, I think, than Derrick Henry does. And I, I don't see a universe where both return. Um, I see a, I, I see a 50-50 universe where one or zero return, right? I think that's the likeliest outcome. And I think Autry has got a better shot. I do too. I think if I had to put money on some outcome occurring, it would be that neither of them return to Tennessee. If go. I had to put my heart on it, what I want to happen, I would want both of them back. <laughs> I just don't know if either of them makes sense from a age financial standpoint. And that's ultimately, it's a business. That's what it comes down to. It'd be great to bring Derrick Henry back, almost just to say, come retire a Titan, you know, and maybe... Come beat Eddie George's record. He's like 500 yards yeah, away exactly. being the all-time leader. And maybe two, three years down the road, he'll sign a one-day contract and retire a Titan. I think that happens no matter what. But it's uh, probably not going to be because he played his whole career in one city. I mean, even the best running backs of all time, most of them look at the Eddie Georges, the Emmett Smiths. Most even of the Chris, best players. I can't believe Chris Johnson. You, I, I would have bet my house that Peyton Manning and Tom Brady played their whole career in Indianapolis and New England. I would have bet right. the house. <laughs> and you would be homeless, my friend. I would. I'd be. Home. We wouldn't be able to do this pod. I got nowhere to plug anything in. <laughs> All right, that's gonna do it for this show. And re- remember, let us know in the comments. Would you resign Derek Henry to Nico Autry? What's too much money to pay them? Let us know what you think in the comments below. Make sure you're subscribed to the Music City Audible channel on YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sticking with us for the whole episode. A little bit of a look ahead here. Let's talk about what's coming up on the schedule. So. Um, the rest of this week and next week. So we're recording this on a Friday, full disclosure. Not sure when this is going to get posted. Probably today, maybe not. We'll see. If it does get posted on Friday, next week, we're going to drop a couple of episodes looking at the rest of the Titans pending free agents. We're going to go through one episode. We're going to go through all the guys on offense that are set to be free agents. Another one, all the guys on defense that are set to be free agents and go through one by one. Should the Titans re-sign them? If so, what would their contract look like? Some of those conversations will be a lot shorter than others. Most of them will probably not be too long because there aren't a 
a huge number of super impactful free agents. Even though the Titans have a lot of guys set to hit the market, this team is bad. So a lot of those guys are not necessarily good. Um, so that's next week. The combine starts next week. Officially sort of starts on Monday and Tuesday. Tuesday, the coaches and GMs will be speaking really to media. Like Tuesday, Thursday, though, Tuesday right? and Wednesday. The on-field workouts start Thursday. And the on-field workouts that people care about start Friday with uh, tight ends and linebackers. And then the real stuff is Saturday with quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. That's the day that most people will be tuned into. So I think, Justin, the way we're going to hit the combine is maybe we'll drop a preview episode next week. Although I think we're going to be focused on these pending free agents. To me, we should just look at after the combine. Stock up, stock down, who made themselves money, who are names that we need to remember coming out of the Combine, as opposed to names to watch going into the Combine, which I think is a little less useful and certainly will have more longer-term relevance versus taping a pod one day before the Combine telling you who to watch and then you go watch it. Like, let's react to the Combine after the Combine. And then, after the Combine, is basically free agency. The franchise tag deadline, March 5th, is coming up. Once that deadline passes, we'll be able to look at who the best free agent options are for the Titans, and we're going to have a whole episode breaking down guys like that at every position that the Tennessee Titans could possibly target. So that's two weeks away. Next week, we're looking at pending free agents. Three weeks away is actually free agency. It's all happening. It's coming up quickly. And then after free agency, we will be in hardcore draft mode for the Titans on this channel. So make sure you're subscribed, like I said. Make sure you're following Justin on Twitter at JustinM underscore NFL. You can follow me at Titans Film Room. We'll be back with more soon. Until then, y'all stay safe out there and tighten up. A Broadway Sports Media Production.